Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 656 for release on Sunday, September 19th, 2021. On WaveScan today, the early wireless scene on three islands off the coast of Wales, part one. More recordings from the HSCC B21 Frequency Coordination Conference and our Bangladesh DX report. In our opening feature here in WaveScan today, we present part one in our investigation of the early wireless scene on three separate islands, all tourist-related islands that are located off the northwest coast of the country of Wales in Islandic Europe. These three islands are identified as Holy, South Stack, and Anglesey. And we begin with the Marconi wireless scene at Holyhead on Holy Island back in the year 1901. Here's Ray Robinson. Thanks, Jeff. Holy Island is a small island measuring just 8 miles by 4 miles, and it lies off the west coast of the larger Anglesey Island, though it does have a resident population of some 14,000 people. Large numbers of tourists visit Holy Island each year, some for a vacation on the island itself, but most in transit through the port of Holyhead to Dublin, some 67 miles due west across the Irish Sea. The very irregular, and in some places very narrow, Cumaran Strait separates Holy Island from Anglesey. During the month of May 1901, the Marconi-trained wireless operator David S. Davies installed English Marconi-made equipment in a building at 66 Queen's Park Holyhead on Holy Island, together with a 400-foot tall mast. This wireless station was installed to enable communication with shipping that was entering or leaving the nearby port of Liverpool. On May the 21st of that same year, 1901, the one-year-old cargo and passenger liner, the SS Lake Champlain, with its new wireless equipment, attempted Morse code communication with the new Marconi wireless station at Rosslare, at the southeast corner, shall we say, of the island of Ireland. The SS Lake Champlain was operating with the Beaver Line service, transporting European migrants from continental Europe to North America, and it was the first ocean liner to receive a permanent set of wireless equipment. Quite by chance, the wireless signal from that ship was received initially at the equally new wireless station at Holyhead in Wales, rather than at Rosslare in Ireland, and that Morse code communication is claimed as the first wireless signal received on land from a transatlantic ship at sea. After a brief span of just two years at Hoyhead, the Marconi wireless station was closed on July 13, 1903, and it gave way to a new station with new equipment, not on a Welsh island, but rather near Liverpool itself on the English mainland. Exactly 95 years later, in July 1998, the famous daughter of the famous Italian radio inventor made a pilgrimage to Holyhead as part of a series of radio events honouring the significant Marconi backgrounds in the area. Princess Elettra Marconi stated that she was very pleased to visit the location of the Holyhead station that had played an interesting and important part in early wireless history. 
Now, before we investigate the launching of the new wireless station near Liverpool, we visit instead two islands with similar names on the outer northwestern edge of Holy Island. These two islands are identified on the map as South Stack Island and North Stack Island, and they're just one and a quarter miles apart. South Stack Island, with just seven acres, is nowadays a tourist destination with a modern and safe walkway bridge connected to Holy Island. The island lighthouse was erected back in 1809, and nearly 100 years later, the American radio entrepreneur Dr. Lee DeForest installed a temporary experimental wireless station at this location. In November 1903, Lee DeForest conducted a series of wireless experiments between his two experimental stations, one at the South Stack Lighthouse and the other across the intervening waterway at Howth in Ireland. DeForest declared that the experiments were successful, and he also stated that there was no mutual interference with the Marconi station at five-mile-distant Holyhead. And we might add that was not likely either, due to the fact that the Marconi station had been closed four months earlier. <laughs> North Stack Island is little more than an unvisited, huge, broken-up rock jutting up out of the Irish Sea, about half an acre in size. There's no record of any wireless station on North Stack, though in earlier years there was a huge foghorn on the top of the rock, which was operated under the high pressure of compressed air. In a subsequent tragic event, an American B-24 bomber returning from a raid over continental Europe crashed into the ocean against the island cliffs on December 22, 1944, when it ran out of fuel during a nighttime rainstorm while making a go-round landing attempt on nearby Holy Island. Six of the eight crew members died when they parachuted into the frigid ocean waters. The new Marconi-equipped wireless station near Liverpool was installed on Seaforth Sands, an outer suburban area north of Liverpool City itself, in 1903. A new building to house the wireless equipment was erected, together with a tall three-section stayed mast. Six years later, in 1909, the Marconi wireless station at Seaforth Sands was taken over by the GPO, the General Post Office, in England, and two years later again, in 1911, the station was moved to Sandy Road, half a mile inland. During the following half a century, the station was modernised, rebuilt and upgraded a few times, and then transferred back to Wales on Anglesey Island. And we'll have more about this important Marconi wireless station here in Wavescan next week. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you very much, Ray. Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. For quite some time now, the German shortwave station Deutsche Welle has only broadcast on shortwave to Africa. But on September 13th, DW began a daily service to Afghanistan on shortwave. The two daily 30-minute broadcasts are at 1400 UTC in Dari and at 1430 UTC in Pashto. Both broadcasts are on two frequencies, 15230 kHz from Nauen and 15390 kHz from Al Dubaya in the United Arab Emirates. Here's a recording of the first broadcast on September 13th that was sent to us by Wolfgang Buschel in Germany.
nükleer azası kadyosu. Recording there of the new broadcast from Deutsche Welle to Afghanistan on 15.230 and 15.390 kilohertz at 1400-1430 and 1430 to 1500 UTC in Dari and Pashto. A few weeks back, we played part of the opening plenary session of the B-21 High Frequency Coordination Conference, or HFCC. Today, we have more of that session, which was presented by Jerry Plummer of WWCR and the HFCC Steering Board. Uh, next on the agenda, uh, we've got a speech, opening speech by Mosin, from the Arab States Broadcasting Union. Uh, Mosin, can you take it over? So on behalf of uh, ASBU, we welcome uh, all the participants uh, in this uh, uh, B21. And uh, we hope and uh, we wish that uh, the job of coordination, uh, despite some uh, difficulties of the online meetings, I hope that uh, uh, this job, this work, uh, goes well, and uh, uh, all our participants uh, will uh, get uh, will get uh, good results of coordination. And we hope that uh, the face-to-face -face meetings resume as soon as possible. And uh, we hope that it will be in the near future, in Tunis, uh, 2022. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mosin. Thank you very much for your opening plenary comments. And, and I guess uh, to add a piece to that, you had mentioned about uh, uh, Tunis and the steering board. All of us are working and considering that on an almost daily basis, uh, keeping in mind what's going on with COVID and the ability to travel. And please rest assured that we're, we're thinking about it and working on it. And as soon as we hear some type of decision, as soon as we can make some type of decision, we'll, uh, we'll certainly let everybody know. We, we would like to be uh, in Tunis uh, this next time around and uh, help to welcome the uh, brand new uh, ASBU hotel that's being completed as, uh, as we speak, I understand. Thanks again, Mosin, for your opening plenary comments. And I'd like to move forward uh, to the... Uh, the director of the ABU technology uh, of the AS of the African Pacific Broadcast Union. That's uh, Ahmed Nadim. Are you there, Nadim, or Shri? Are, are you there? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I was thinking, okay. Thank you, Jerry, for that. And yes. uh, okay, hello all from Kuala Lumpur. Uh, welcome all colleagues uh, to this opening online plenary of B twenty one conference. Uh, it's unfortunate that uh, due to the ongoing COVID-19 situation for a third consecutive conference, we have been resorting to the virtual event. Uh, I remember the last face-to-face -face meeting was the A20 conference in Kuala Lumpur. Hopefully, we'll be able to meet face-to-face -face in the future meetings, including upcoming A22 conference uh, in Tunis. Uh, on behalf of the ABUHFC community, let me wish uh, this plenary to be successful in its proceeding. Uh, also, this B21 season may conclude 
in a fruitful high frequency coordination among HFCC members. Uh, ABU is ready to help uh, the HFCC community. Thank you, stay safe and stay strong. Thank you. Thank you very much for those comments. I, I certainly appreciate it. I think we all, every one of us are looking for the same thing. We're looking for the day to come soon when we can attend all together uh, physical meetings as we have in the past. That's that's the goal I believe everybody has. I have a question. Yes. Hello everyone, it's uh, Frederick Menz from the Energy Agency in Denmark and we are quite new FMO. Um, this year for the B21 period, we have uh, uploaded about eight frequencies. Uh, and I was just wondering, uh, the next step in this uh, coordination conference, is it that uh, you kind of negotiate uh, each frequency or uh, can you be a little more specific for us newcomers on this one? I'll start off with that and then some, uh, someone else can chip in. I think what you may be, uh, next step you may be looking for would be a collision list. Are you familiar with those? Uh, that's the next the next step, I would think that uh, uh, that shows where one of the frequencies you've selected has a conflict with someone else, uh, which which tends to happen, you know, quite a bit. And that is the point where coordination will occur, where you negotiate back and forth. That's where we would, would meet. Uh, and uh, if I understand the question correctly, the default is if there is no collision or question or comment, then you're good to go. Uh, typically, if we have a uh, on-ground meeting, when you come into the conference room each morning, you'll see uh, a sheet of paper next to your seating area. That will be the daily collisions. And I think he, uh, Blazov, don't you use a different color for each day of collisions? Yes, well, that's what we normally do. So you'll uh, physically attending a meeting, you'll see those sheets of paper in the morning, and that's your first tip-off when you get in. Take a look at that and look for new collisions that you may have. But for now, uh, as Vlaslav says, it'll come out to you via email. Okay? Thank you very much. All right. Thank you very much, everybody, for attending this morning. We certainly appreciate it. We, we appreciate that so many of you uh, have been able to attend and go through uh, what we would do uh, as much as possible physically, but we're attempting to do as much as we can on online or virtual. Again, uh, we certainly appreciate everybody getting together. It's a, it's a true pleasure to me being so long since we've met that uh, when I see these each of you popping up on the Zoom screen, it's uh, it's nice. You know, it's, uh, it's about as good as we're going to get for right now. And other than that, this will officially close the, uh, uh, the opening plenary for our, our coordination this time. All right. Thank you very much for attending. We'll be looking forward to the uh, seeing you again on the final plenary meeting. Goodbye. Thank you, Jerry. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. That was part of the opening plenary session of the HFCC B21 Shortwave Frequency Coordination Conference, which was online this time due to the pandemic. At the closing plenary, Herbert Visser of Icon BV, a new member of the HFCC, introduced his new shortwave service, which he hopes to have on the air before the end of this year.
we are a professional broadcaster. As a matter of fact, well, my name is Herbert Fisser. I'm 56 years old. I used to work for an offshore radio station called Radio Caroline in the 1980s. Um, but now but now I'm running legal radio stations here in the Netherlands on FM, DAB+. Um, we're doing that from actually, and this is very uh, also something historic, uh, where I am, where I have the office, I can, well, you see a picture on top of me, but I'll show you a nicer picture here. Like... <clears throat> This used to be the head office of this boat, Radio North Sea International. So this was broadcasting in the late 1960s, early 1970s. Um, of course, the broadcasts were from the ship on the North Sea, the Mebo 2. But the studios and the offices were right here where I am and where we are running 100% and SLAM, which are two Dutch domestic radio stations. So the same spot where at the time programs were recorded that went out to the Mebo 2 in international waters. Uh, we're running now 100% and SLAM on FM and uh, on satellite and on DAB+. Um, now, we're going to launch a new radio station here on DAB Plus in the autumn. It will be called Sunlight Radio. It will be a commercial radio station. It will be aimed at a Dutch audience. Um, and it will be nationwide on DAB Plus, on satellite, on digital cable. So everywhere you will be, you will be able to listen to that radio station, uh, but not on FM. However... We are going to put it on shortwave, and I've applied for the former frequency of Radio Netherlands, 5955. It will be a true commercial radio station on the air every day, um, also broadcasting on shortwave with news at the top of the hours, uh, at the top of the hour in Dutch with commercials, um, international music. Um, it will be a music format, but people in Western Europe will be able to listen to it on shortwave as well. And I believe in this part of the world, it will be the first true shortwave commercial radio station that really goes for an audience also on shortwave since many years. Uh, there are some other applicants here in the Netherlands, some other radio stations, and that was the issue. Um, we have also what you could call shortwave hobbyists. Nothing wrong with that, but these are, well, they also are required to join the HFCC by the Dutch Telecom Agency, and this is what they do. But most of them, not all of them, but most of them just want to, well, just have a frequency to whenever they feel like, uh, switch it on, broadcast a couple of hours, and um, then just switch it off when it's dinner time or whatever, or when they're fed up. Um, now, that's not really the nature of what the FCC is supposed to be, to just grant you frequencies to play with whenever you want to. But most broadcasters from the Netherlands on shortwave are actually in that particular category. Um, we're not. Um, the intention is, but also we, you know, currently a transmitter is custom-made manufactured for us. Uh, the only problem is we also have a problem with the chip delivery, international chip delivery, the chips that are needed for our transmitter only will receive uh, will will be received by the end of November, but I hope that we will be able to launch the radio station on shortwave just before Christmas. Transmitter site is already known; you have it in your coordinates. But that's a transmitter site from Broadcast Partners. Uh, it's a tower of 90 meters high. Um, but what we will do is we will span a half-wave dipole not on the mast, but from one guy wire to the other, so that there will be a horizontal line. So it's a vertical mast used for 
FM broadcasts here in the Netherlands. It's 90 meters high, but on the height of about 25 meters, there are guy wires, and we will hang a horizontal half-wave dipole between two guy wires. And this way, we will be able to, with a half-wave dipole, broadcast the signal on 5955 throughout the day. So this is the information that I can give you for now. And I hope that we will have the radio station on shortwave on, on DAB Plus. It will launch by the end of this month. Uh, also online, it will be on TuneIn, it will be on satellite, whatever. But uh, on shortwave, I will be able to, I hope to be able to switch it on just before Christmas. And it will be a daytime operation. Herbert Visser of Icon BV in the Netherlands speaking at the recent HFCC Shortwave Coordination Conference. Let's go now to Salahuddin Dalar in Bangladesh with his DX report for this month. Dear listeners and radio hobbyists, welcome you to Bangladesh DX report on Webiscan. This is Salahuddin Dalar from Bratshahi, Bangladesh. Glad to be back and thanks for listening. The receiving log of different radio stations. 3rd September, Radio Liberty Kuwait, Tajik language program, Talking about Afghanistan was heard at 1645 UTC on 7475 kHz. The SIO code was 544. Afghanistan International TV, Pashto service, phone-in program was heard at 1650 UTC on 7600 kHz. The SIO code was 555. Deutsche Welle Amharic service was heard at 1652 UTC on 17800 kilohertz. The SIO code was 433. Adventist World Radio Somali service musical program was heard at 1657 UTC on 17.570 kHz. Ufartun, English talk about Bible was heard at 1773 3. Vatican Radio French service talking OM was heard at 1730 UTC on 13830 kHz. The SIO code was 433. Seven four zero kilohertz. The SIO code was four three three. Voice of America, Diwa Radio, Pashto program, OM presenting report was heard at seventeen hundred forty UTC on twelve zero three five kilohertz. The SIO code was three four three. Voice of America, Botswana, Portuguese service was heard at seventeen hundred forty three UTC on. 12080 kHz, the SIO code was 343. Radio Filipinas, Filipino service while giving uh, public service announcement was heard at 1745 UTC on 
भैटिकान रेडियो तमिल सार्विस क्रिश्चियन रिलीजियस स्टक वज हार्ड एट And we're ending this edition of WaveScan with some Christian music in the Quechua language, which comes to us from HCJB-FM in Quito, Ecuador. HCJB can also be heard on uh, 6050 kHz shortwave in the Andean region. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio, researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, the early wireless scene on three islands off the coast of Wales, part two, including the story of the first occasion when wireless aided in the arrest of a murder suspect. We'll also have a report on Christian radio in Alaska and our Australian DX report. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for the program to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand, I'll give you in a moment, and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy, or to the AWR relay stations that carry scan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air. Here in the program, they will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The only email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSLs is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, 
210-110-1110, Thailand. Again, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to Wavescan, not reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida, USA. Till next week, good listening, everyone.